Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. All right, good morning. Hope everybody had a good week. Uh, We were planning on doing a different sermon series at this time. We had put a lot of work into doing one called Shift, moving from barrenness to fruitfulness in our lives. And I got up on Wednesday and felt like the Lord just said, hey, that's a great series, but it's not what I acutely want to focus in on right now at Renovate. Really what I want you to do is to do a series on understanding the times and seasons because the Bible has a lot to say about times and seasons. It's interesting, too, that probably about two months ago, Donnie encouraged all of our staff and leaders to read a book by Dr. David Jeremiah called Where Do We Go From Here? Understanding age-old prophecies for today's problems. And so we're going we're gonna to dig into this series over the next five weeks, understanding the times and seasons. And let me just say this uh, at the onset, is um, in 2003, there was a movie that came out uh, called Lost in Translation. And Lost in Translation was a movie, it starred Bill Murray. Uh, Bill Murray was playing a character named Bob Harris, and um, essentially, he's a, going through a midlife crisis. He's an aging actor. He goes to Tokyo to shoot some uh, ads for a uh, whiskey company. And he meets a woman named Charlotte there, played by Scarlett Johansson. And in essence, the movie is about being disoriented. They're in a different place, a different culture. They're each going through challenges and all this. Um, And so God doesn't want us in this season to be lost in translation. As things are happening in the world, uh, in Israel, as things are happening here in our own country, God doesn't want us to be disoriented He wants us to to know the times and seasons in which we live and how we need to posture and position ourselves for such a time as this. And God spoke to me this week. He said, Dave, this is not the time for you or the church to shrink back, but to stand up. This This is not the time. God said, hey, as things get increasingly more challenging, Everything that I've deposited into you over the last 30 years, it's for such a time as this. It's for a, for a season. So in first, we're going to look today at one of the more famous passages of Scripture, and we're really going to dig into it as we lay a foundation this morning out of Matthew chapter 24. But next week, I'm going to cover 1 Chronicles 12. And 1 Chronicles 12 is what most commentators say is the clearest picture of the New Testament church that we can find in the Old Testament. 
And what it is, is David, King David is at a place called Ziglag, and he's getting ready to come into his kingship, and 20 nations and 12 tribes rally to David at that point. And one of the tribes is this tribe called Issachar, and Issachar, we see it in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. It says that they knew the times and seasons and what Israel should do. So David distinguished the tribe of Issachar for their ability to understand the times. 200 leaders with their relatives, all these men understood the signs of the times and knew the best course for Israel to take because God was doing something unique in their generation. That, what, what was happening with David as a type and symbol of a king, they began to understand what he was doing so that they could align themselves with, with God. So not only did King David talk about this thing of times and seasons, but Jesus talked about it. Jesus talked, challenged his generation to discern the times and seasons. In Luke 12, 54 through 56, I'll just read it. This is Jesus talking. Then he also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, Immediately you say a shower is coming, and so it is. And when you see the south wind blow, you say, there will be hot weather. Come on. <laughs> and there is. Hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? So in other words... Jesus was saying to his generation, hey, listen, all the prophecies and everything that was spoken about in the Old Testament about the first coming of the Messiah, right? I'm here right now, and you're missing the times and seasons in which you live. You're missing it. I'm right here right now. So he's, he's giving us, so God wants us to understand the unique season in which we live. So not only did David distinguish Issachar, not only did Jesus talk about times and seasons, but Paul, in the book of Romans, encouraged us in the same way. He admonished us to know the times and seasons. So look at what it says in Romans 13, 11 through 14. Paul talking. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual morality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. So Paul was telling his, hey, listen, understand the unique season in which you live and how you need to posture yourself as a believer. So the disciples came to Jesus in Matthew 24, and they asked him, hey, Jesus, 
what is the end of the age going to look like and the return of your coming? And Jesus, in Matthew 24, gives them seven things that are going to accelerate before his return. Guys, I don't think it's ironic. I shared this with several people. When COVID first came down, a friend of mine who's kind of an expert in eschatology, he's a pastor, been a pastor for 50 years. He's in Louisiana. He got with our staff, and every week for 12 weeks, we did a two-hour study on eschatology. And eschatology just means the study of ends, because the Bible has a lot to say about the ends. The book of Daniel had a lot to say about it. Zechariah 12 through 14 talks about the return of Christ. Uh, Ezekiel 38 and 39 talks about it. Revelation talks about it. Matthew 24 talks about it. So there's a lot. 2 Thessalonians 2 talks about it. So there's a lot of places in the Bible where it talks about this subject. So they're asking Jesus in Matthew 24, hey, Jesus, what is, what's going to be the sign of your coming? What, what's the end of the age going to look like? So Jesus begins to talk to them, and it'll be on your screen. And he begins to say that one of the first marks that you're going to see as things begin to accelerate in the world is you're going to see rampant deception. These, these seven things that we're going to see in Matthew 24, they all start with D. So the first thing he said is, hey, listen, you're going to have to understand that a deluding influence is going to be happening in the world. Delusion, deception is going to be happening. And if as a believer, if you're not in tune with what who God is, what he says in his word, in tune with the Holy Spirit, you're going to be, you, the possibility for us to be deceived. So look at what it says in Matthew 24. Jesus starts out, and let me just read it so we have context. So it says this, starting in verse 1. Jesus left the temple and was walking away with his disciples when his disciples came up to him to call his attention to the temple, to the buildings. Do you see all these things, he asked. Truly, I tell you, not one stone here will be left on another. Everyone will be thrown down. As Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately Quote, tell us, they said, when will this happen? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now listen, in the book that Donnie encouraged us to read by Dr. David Jeremiah called Where Do We Go From Here? He said, listen, every believer in essence during this time needs to be doing three things. They need to be anchored in the truth of Scripture and the reality of God active in sharing their faith while they anticipate the second coming of Christ. Paul's, like, if our hearts are not anchored in who God is and his nature and character, if we're not 
passionate about actively sharing our faith at this time, like Sam told me, he said, Dave, I'm telling you, things are gonna continue to escalate. It's no coincidence that Israel is God's barometer on world history. It always has been. It's not ironic that 50 years to the day from the last time Israel was at war in 1973 to the day, October 6th, 2023, 50 years to the day, war is declared on them again. It's not, it's not random. It's not ironic. History has always, Israel has always been the barometer of God's timeline in history. And he encouraged me. He said, Dave, listen, I'm just going to tell you, anchor yourself, be active with your family members, sharing the hope of the gospel, and be looking to the east. <laughs> be anticipating Christ's return, and we're going to get into that in a minute, because we should be postured that way, whether he comes back 20 years from now or 100 years from now. That's how we should be postured. So they asked Jesus, hey, what's going to be, what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. So he tells us, listen, one of the marks is going to be deception, delusion. It's going to be, we see it in our culture today, guys. Right is wrong and wrong is right. Come on, there's so much deception going on with AI and media and all this. We don't even know what's real anymore many times. Deception. So then he goes on to say, so not just deception is going to be taking place, but disputes and wars. So look at what he says. You will hear of wars, verse 6, and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. So he says there's going to be rampant deception. There's going to be disputes and war happening. Guys, we're, we're living in that right now. Yes, there's always been wars, but there's an escalation. There's a proliferation. What's happening in the Middle East right now is not, again, just random or inconsequential. Something is happening. So then he goes on to say, not only is there going to be deception, not only is there going to be disputes and wars, he goes on to say, the next slide, disease, natural disasters, and famine worldwide. So deception, disputes, disease. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. So we're going to see an escalation, an acceleration of these things happening. We saw that in 2020. Jesus is talking about it in Matthew 24. 
So he says, deception, disputes, disease. But then he goes on to say, the next one, deliverance of believers to persecution and hostility. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. So he says, hey, listen, as these things begin to happen, you're going to see an acceleration of hostility toward believers. It's already happening globally. If you read Voice of the Martyrs, it's already happening. We are insulated. We have been insulated in America, which has been a wonderful thing, but it's also a challenging thing because I'm not sure most of us, if real persecution came, would know how to handle it. And God's telling us right now, listen, dig your wells deep. Because if all of a sudden it becomes even more hostile to be a believer here, where they start taking away rights, they start taking away things, they start, you, listen, people all over the world right now are having to learn how to live and trust God in the midst of that. But Jesus said, hey, listen, you're going to see a proliferation of, de of the deliverance of believers to persecution and hostility. Then he said, next slide, a defection of believers away from the faith. So he said, hey, listen, all this stuff's going to be happening. Look at what he says, Matthew 24, 10. At that time... Many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. And then in verse 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. So he says, listen, there's not only going to be deception and disputes and disease and um, the fourth one. Come on, you guys checking with me. What was it? Deliverance. Deliverance thank you of believers to hostility and persecution. He says, listen, there's going to be a defection. Guys, we live in America where people panic because people are leaving churches. And I want everybody to be in church. I want everybody to be vibrantly connected to Christ in a local body. Da, 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 da. But in our culture today, since in the last 50 years, 500,000 Believers have walked out of North American churches never to come back. As things escalated in this last time with COVID and political things and Black Lives Matter and all these things, listen, I saw more people check out of the spiritual game in Christianity. Listen, they've even given a term to it in society right now. You go on TikTok, you go on uh, uh, Instagram, you go on Facebook, it's called deconversion. Hey, my parents used to kind of believe this stuff. I kind of, da, 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 da. I, I'm out. I don't believe anymore. And we go, oh, God, this is awful. And it is awful. But guys, what I want you to see is it's not unexpected. It's not unexpected. Come on. When Jesus is saying here, listen, because of the increase of these things, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most, 
In other words, my translation, Dave's translation, because of the increase of wickedness, most people will check out of the game. They'll check out of the game. So he not only says there's going to be defection, he says that there's going to be distress and desolation in the world. He's like, guys, I'm telling you this. If you read Matthew 24, I'm telling you this now to prepare you. Verse 21, for then there will be great distress, unequaled from the beginning of the world until now, never to be equaled again. Immediately, verse 29, after the distress of those days. So he's telling us, listen, there's going to be, it's, things are going to, to, there's going to be distress in the world. Listen, I was just on a conference call for Josiah Venture Ministries, I get the privilege of sitting on the board. We have 31 missionaries through Josiah Venture serving in the Ukraine right now who they're doing camps, reaching young people with the gospel literally 10 kilometers from where Russian soldiers are. And Ben Williams, who's our country lead for Ukraine, gave us a one-hour report on the challenges of what's actually going on, but the amazing way that God is working in the midst of it. During this, God is not telling us to shrink back. He's telling us to stand up. He's telling us to stand up. So he says, not only is there going to be distress and desolation, but the last thing he says is, there will be the declaration of the gospel to the whole world. Look at what Jesus said. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So he said, guys, there's going to be incredible deception happening. There's going to be wars. There's going to be disease. There's going to be deliverance of believers to hostility and persecution. There's going to be duress and distress. There's going to be defection of believers. People just falling, just, hey man, I'm out. This is too, too much. So Jesus says all that, and then he spends the rest of chapter 24 telling us how we need to posture ourselves in the midst of this. Here's what he says. He says, number one. Let me just read this, because he makes this transition, and he's going to spend the rest of the chapter. So he's talking about all this stuff, and he says, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its figs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. In other words, when you see all this stuff accelerating and proliferating, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away. That generation, when all this stuff is happening, will not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So Jesus now begins to say, okay, 
How do you posture yourself? It says, number one, be watchful. Watch. Be alert. Jesus answered, watch out that no one deceives you. Watch out. Look at what he says in verse 42 and 43. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have left his house, let his house be broken into. So he tells us to be watchful, not distracted, not consumed with the world and all of our problems and all of our th- things. No, he, he was like, hey, hey, you, you need to be mindful of this. You need to be watching and aware and alert of what's going on in the world. Second thing he tells us, discern. We need discernment now more than I think any time that I've been on the planet. Real, that's why that scripture in 1 Chronicles 12, 32, Israel could discern the times and seasons, Issachar could discern the times and seasons and know what Israel should do. So look at what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 15. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation spoken of through the prophet Daniel, let the reader understand or discern. Let the reader discern what is happening. Look at what he says in verse 23 through 25. At that time, if anyone says to you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you ahead of time. Listen, there's coming something that's religious in nature, it's spiritual in nature, it's born of the Antichrist. It will come so close to the truth that you will think it's the truth. You will think it just won't be God. It won't be Christ. It'll be so, look, do, you not, do we not understand that scripture says that for Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light? It'll be so close to the truth. It'll have all the religious jargon. It'll be unifying. It'll be unifying. It'll be begin to bring people of all different, different, it just won't be Jesus. So when you start hearing these things, all of a sudden it's like, we're going to start seeing and, and then it's like, wait a minute, this sounds really true. Jesus is saying, be discerning. Be discerning. Then he says, so watch, discern, stand. Stand. Look at what he says in verse 13. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So watch, discern, stand. We were going to do a whole series back 
a couple months ago we talked about it just on Ephesians 6 when you've done everything that you can do to stand stand therefore putting on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes and when you've done all this stand stand this is not the time to shrink back it's the time to stand so Jesus said watch discern stand and then last prepare prepare look at what he says in verse 44 so you must be ready because the son of man will come in an hour when you do not expect him verse 45 through 49 who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time It'll be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. In other words, modern translation, I've heard all this before. Every generation talked about the return of Jesus, right? He's not coming back. What does it matter? I have 40 more years to live. I can do whatever I want to do. I cannot prioritize the kingdom of God. I can prioritize all these other things. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, this is a, this is a wrong posture. It's a wrong attitude to be in. I don't want to be asleep right now at the wheel. Not discerning what God is doing, what he's wanting to do in me, my family, what he's wanting to do uniquely and renovate, what he's wanting to do in this community, what he's wanting to do globally. So he says, the servant says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And then he begins to beat his fellow servants to eat and drink with drunkards. And let me just read the last part. says, the master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him, and at an hour he's not aware of, he will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Guys, this is not, this is not the time. I'm just telling you. As your pastor, as your leader, somebody who seeks God, God has been through the Holy Spirit saying to me, Dave, be alert. This is not the time to get off into all these other fleshly pursuits and all these others. I, I need you locked in. I need you walking in alignment with me. felt the Holy Spirit uniquely say to us as a body like guys if, you, if, this, if, if you've been bound in sin this is the time to, to say hey if you've been bound in compromise this is the time to say hey you know what I'm taking this serious <laughs> I'm taking this serious because we should be 
living our lives anyway as if tomorrow we could be standing before Christ. This week, on Thursday, I got a text message from Janet, Tato's wife. And she said, Pastor Dave, one of our pastor friends in Columbia who was 42, just passed away today. And Tato was like, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to go down there and be there for the church and be there for his family and all that. And I said, yes, go. I think within an hour, he was out to the airport on a flight on American down there. Da, 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 da. Guys, he got up that day not knowing that that was going to be his last day. And David Jeremiah opens his book, and he says, guys, you have to understand that a few years ago, we watched on the news as the Champlain condominium complex in Surfside, Florida collapsed. There had been warning signs coming for months. Erosion, water leaks, things like that. The sound was, hey guys, wake up, notice, 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 ah, not going to happen to me. Ah, don't have to take it serious. Ah, I've heard this before. Da, 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 da. Until the moment that that condominium complex collapsed. Guys, Jesus is saying to us, like, be aware. Be aware of what's going on. Be aware. Be ready, be prepared, be discerning, stand, watch during this time. Because as David Jeremiah said, guys, as all this stuff happens, we don't have to be afraid, Jesus told us. And it's actually going to give us the greatest opportunity for the gospel, for those who are positioned in a place of faith. Everything that's happening is going to give us, if we're, if we're ready and if we're prepared, the greatest opportunity to preach and share the gospel that we've ever had. And he said, you have to understand, as the world systems digress, Christ is still the Lord of history. And he's still on the throne, and he is building his church. And he said, we as the church, now, now is not the time to shrink back. And da -da, now is the time. And, and I'm telling you, God has re-energized me in this season. It's like, because I'm just being honest, guys. I don't do well in life when there's, n when there's nothing at stake. I was, I'm wired for for battle. I, I love, I, I never, I hated going to parks to play pickup basketball where it's like, oh, we're not even going to keep score. <sighs> no, we're going to keep score and the winner gets $300. All right, I'm in. Let's lock in. Let's do it. 
the last few years, it's like I've told people about Austin. It's like we live in such a prosperous city that it's like there's no urgency for the gospel. Trust me, I share the gospel every day with people, and they go, oh, that's really nice for you. That's awesome. You know, we should visit your church sometime. No, 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 no. Where are you with Jesus? Oh, I don't really need Jesus. Da-da-da-da-da. My life is good. Da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, I do better when the, the game's on the line. And guys, I'm telling you, as things digress, as world systems digress, as things, it, for those who are postured right, it'll be the greatest opportunity for salvation and for harvest than at any time. I'm going to have our worship team come back up. I'm just going to give you a little clue into next week. You're going to see 20 nations, 12 tribes aligned to David. David is a picture of Jesus, a king who's coming into his kingship. All these people that you see in the First Chronicles 12, they all had D's as well. They were dedicated, devoted, disciplined, determined to see God's work in there, right? This is what marked them. Come on, that's what I want to be. That, I, it encouraged me this week. God, I want to be devoted. God, I want to be like these men. I want to be dedicated. God, I want to, this is not the time to shrink into malaise and indifference and caught up in the culture and all this stuff. No, this is the time to rise up. Who wants, to, who wants to rise up? Who wants to really live for God in this time and not be afraid and have the hope? The Bible says always be ready to give an answer for the hope that you have within you. Man, that's me. Stand to our feet. God, I thank you so much. You're the Lord of history. Your plan is being worked out. You're building your church despite everything that's going on, God. But you also tell people they got to pick a team. <laughs> team David or Team Saul? Team Jesus or Team World? <laughs> I'm in with you, Jesus. Help us to be watchful. Help us to be discerning. Help us to be prepared and ready. Help us to stand during this time and not shrink back and not get our feet knocked out from under us with all the things that are happening. We ask this. Help us renovate to live boldly for you during this time, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12, that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, 
we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.